Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, guys. Pastor Paul here, and uh, looking forward to episode 50. Wow, that's a long journey, but uh, it's been an exciting journey of all the different conversations that we've had uh, on this journey of uh, becoming holy men. And uh, so I just welcome you to the Holy Man Podcast. It is great to be with you. Uh, We are in the uh, 10th episode of what we've been doing for this semester and uh, for our life groups here at New Life and Church 307. Um, we are, we've been looking at the uh, the book, uh, The Measure of a Man. Uh, Gene Getz wrote it many years ago and uh, keeps updating it. Uh, it's a good word. It looks into uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 and just looks at a lot of, you know, 20 different attributes for us as men of how we can grow to be more godly to how do we can be more holy in our journey. Uh, You know, we've looked at things this semester, like just being faithful in our journey, you know, keep going, don't take big breaks, Uh, keep doing church, uh, being in the word and prayer and serving and loving others. You know, it's a faithful thing. Just keep at it. And as we're faithful, you know, doing things like building a good reputation that when others see, they can see that you are chasing God. Being more morally pure with our eyes, you know, having eyes that are only focused on our wives, learning to be temperate or balanced in life, not way up and way down, but steady, Uh, chasing God's wisdom, and then allowing that wisdom to be put into practice. Uh, And as part of that, then as we do that, we're drawing others who maybe don't know Jesus as well as we do into a relationship with Jesus. You know, we're attractive with our faith. We, uh, others want to see what, what it's all about. You know, we talked about being hospitable or sharing our resources with others. Uh, we talked about taking steps, uh, to be able to teach mentor or just be able to share life with others. And then last week we looked at being moderate in all things, and especially with our, with substances or activities that can harm us in our walk. Well, today, you know, I, I wanted to mention all of those things because all of those things lead us to today. Today is the heart of the attributes, in my opinion. Uh, I love that Gene has this right in the middle because, in my opinion, everything we already talked about works better if we get good at this one that we're going to talk about today. And everything following that we're going to talk about next semester gets better if we get good at this one. Or I should say, if God gets us good at this one, because this is a God thing. It has to be, guys. If we, <laughs> to be to be doing it ourselves is counterintuitive of what this one is. This one comes out of the uh, what Paul shares with Titus in chapter one. 
And it's the idea that we should not be, here's the Greek word, athetes. I think that's how you pronounce that. Which, depending on, on your translation of the scriptures, uh, will usually mean something like self-willed, self-pleasing, self-focused, self-centered, selfish. I think you get the point. Worried more about ourselves rather than others. And, you know, as you look at this word, uh, authetes, there are certainly different levels to it. Uh, you know, some are subtle and some are downright ugly. Uh, ultimately, if you think about what it is, it's simply, it's counter the cross of Christ. The cross was where God showed us the full extent of who he is and how he loves. He was completely selfless as the father sent his son, Jesus, to take our place, giving up his life for our life. While we were yet sinners, he died. He gave up all for us. And so this idea of authorities is it's the opposite. It's looking more at self. It's running away from the cross instead of to the cross. Paul talks about this in so many different places. Uh, let's just peek at one of them. Uh, it's in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 18 to 20. Paul says this, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. So he's, he's sharing, there's passion behind this. That there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. So it's that understanding of authorities. They're, they're counter it. They are more about themselves. And here's verse 19. It says, they are headed for destruction. You see what that counter the cross leads us to. It's head where they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. Okay, let's just pause right there for just a minute. I want to make sure we get that. Our appetite... You think about when you say, what are you hungry for? Well, it's self-centered. It's self-focused. And so their appetite, so which is very self-centered, is their God. So their God is their selfishness. It's, they are self-focused. They are self-centered, self-willed. We get that, don't we? We understand. They are more focused on themselves, their appetite. What am I hungry for? You know, you can't speak for me. I can't speak for you. It's so my appetite is self-focused and it's their God, people who are counter the cross. And for those who are there, let's, let's go back to this and, and uh, read that again. It says they are headed. These individuals whose conduct is counter the cross, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. Do you see that? They're focused here, earthly, my life here. What's best for me here? So they're focused on, they're, they're, they think only about this life here instead of the kingdom life, the eternal kingdom of God. Verse 20 says, but we... But we, he's talking about Christians here, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. So as, as we look at what Paul is saying there, it's two different perspectives. Uh, 
One is God-focused, kingdom-focused, eternal life-focused that causes me to be about God and not me. It is selfless. It's not about me. It's not about me or you. Oh, I mean, if it's not about me or you, then who is it about? It's about Jesus. It's me living my life for Jesus, focused upon his cross, the sacrificial work that he did on my behalf. The other perspective is earthly. It's about my life, getting it my way here and now. It's about me. It's selfish, self-centered. Are you seeing that, what, what Paul is sharing with us here, guys? It's so hugely important because, again, it is counter the cross. If we are about the cross, then we are living, living differently than what this authetes is all about. Now, we are all self-centered a little. It's part of our sinful nature. We see it in kids early on. You, you just watch your kids raise and you're like, wow, they're, they're selfish. But the hope is that as we walk with Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, as we allow the cross to be the focus of our lives, and more importantly, the cross that led to eternal life, if we are more focused on the kingdom life, we will become less self-focused and more kingdom-focused. Less of me, more of you, Jesus. Now, again, there are certainly different levels of self-centeredness. For many of us, we have certain areas of our lives where it shows up more than others. And that's where we have more struggles. You think about what it said again back in uh, Philippians two, uh, 3. It said there's destruction in those areas. When our appetite is the God of our lives, those certain areas of our lives, you know, if it's sports, if it's TV, technology, video games, whatever it is, some you know, maybe some of those things we talked about last week. When we have those different areas of our lives where in those areas we are slightly more self-centered, those are the areas that we're going to struggle with. There's going to be more destruction, divisiveness. Uh, the self-centeredness will lead us to rough moments. Now, I love how Gene gets in, uh, in his chapter, uh, helps us to realize that most times a person who has a bigger struggle with being self-willed or self-centered, it's because of what happened to them during growing up times. You know, you might hear me say from time to time, broken people say and do broken things. We, we act out of our hurt, out of our pains. And this is one of the areas that we see this a lot. For many of us, our parents broke us a little. You know, I had great Christian parents, and I'm here to tell you, they broke me a little in this area. But the good news is for me, I found Jesus and the Holy Spirit continues to fix what was broken. I'm not there yet, guys. I'm here to tell you. My, my wife would be here to tell you. I'm not perfect on this yet. I'm st I still struggle with this in, in, in certain compartments of my life that I'm continuing to allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify me, to make me more and more holy. Another great understanding of this struggle in our lives is where Paul talks about those things called the fruit of the Spirit. I think most of us have heard that passage. There's a couple of you out there. Maybe this is going to be new for you. It's in Galatians chapter 5, and it's there that Paul talks about this this tug of war between the self and the kingdom. 
and how the kingdom life is better and how the sinful life, the selfish life, the counter the cross life is not as good. He starts off in chapter uh, five of Galatians in verse 16. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. It's selfishness versus selflessness or self-centeredness versus selflessness. It's the cross and sacrifice versus what's in it for me. When the sinful nature wins the tug of war, when we are selfish out of our brokenness, it shows up in different levels of ugliness in our lives. Authetes. That's that Greek word. It's that imagery of us letting the, our, our appetite be our God and, and saying it's about me and what I want in this moment. And if that's where our focus is, that's if that's the God that we're worshiping, saying you matter to me at that moment, it will lead us, that tug of war will lead us into that sinful nature and it's not good. Let me, just he Paul continues and he shares what some of the, the ugliness can be. And, and you just think through some of these guys of how true it is that we end up Depending on what compartment in our lives we're struggling with this, these are some of the things that we end up with. Verse 19, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Just those, those couple there, guys, it's about me. You know, sexual immorality, when we're, you know, maybe if you're looking at pornography, that's a very selfish-minded thing. It's looking for pleasure for yourself. You know, we continue, verse 20, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, which that one there, selfish ambition, that is in the center of everything else. Everything else revolves around the selfish ambition. We continue, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, he says, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not, get this, inherit the kingdom of God. Or, we're not, or we won't find the blessings of the kingdom life. Things like peace and joy, celebration, hope, hope-filled living, and love. You know, you, all of those things we mentioned there, it's, there's ugliness involved with that. It's, it's a life that is not enjoyable at all when we are involved in any of those selfish desires, that sinful nature that comes out of our selfish ambition. Authetes leads us to that ugliness. It keeps us from the kingdom life in the present. It's ugly, guys. So are you seeing what we're talking about here, this selfish sinful nature that is counter the cross. It's, it's selfish instead of selfless. It's more about me than it is sacrificial love. Now, on the flip side, Paul continues, if we allow the Holy Spirit, though, to win the tug of war, it's selfless. So that's allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into these things. It's so, it's the fact that we are so focused on Christ. We are faithful to our relationship with Christ and Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit leads us 
to live a different life. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So when we are being selfless, when we are allowing the the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, then there's fruit growing in our lives, guys. The fruit is sweet. It says it is love, it is joy, it is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. This is signs of kingdom life. It is so much better. Peace and hope-filled living, love, joy, there's celebration here. Relationships are built stronger here instead of being pushed away from each other. When we are selfless, when we are allowing the Holy Spirit of God, the same God that died on the cross for us, the mindset of being completely selfless, if that's the Holy Spirit that is guiding us and leading us, it leads us into a blessed life. Paul continues, get this part. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature. So their selfishness, their self-centeredness is nailed to his cross and crucified them there. So Christ takes us, when we allow him to, he takes that sinful nature, that selfishness of ours, and he crucifies it to the cross. He dies for it there. Now, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading, Paul says, in every part of our lives. So each one of those compartments that maybe we are struggling a little bit, maybe that we are allowing that sinful nature, that self-centeredness, our appetite to become our God, in those compartments, if we we begin to seek Christ in those areas of our lives, it changes us. Paul says, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Instead, allow the Spirit to guide us and lead us. Guys, are you seeing this? I hope we are. Because this is so powerful and how it leads into all the other act. This is so practical in our lives if we allow it to be. You know, you think about some of the areas of our lives where this can play out. You know, when I have that decision of watching football or playing with my kids. Now, watching football, it's not evil. But if I allow watching football to become my appetite, to become my God. When my kid comes up and says, daddy, 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 if, if football is my God, my feeding my appetite at that moment, how I react to my child in that moment will be divisive, will be ugly, will push that relationship away. Now, again, that's not saying watching football is evil. It's just, if it becomes my God, that changes things. It gets ugly. Uh, how about if my wife is asking me to help with a project around the town, around the house, and I'm wanting to play video games in that moment. Video games are not evil, but if they are my appetite or my God, and I, they're more about me, 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 and she says, when can we do this? And I keep pushing her away if it's going to be divisive in that relationship. So again, guys, we're not talking about these certain things like fantasy football. I love playing fantasy football, but if it becomes my God, if, if my appetite for it gets so deep, 
that it keeps me, if I'm researching so many players that it keeps me from spending time with God, reading my Bible and spending time in prayer, then you see it's going to be pushing God away in that relationship with God and keeping me from that better life. So you see, guys, none of these things are evil in and of themselves, but if we allow them to be our God, if we allow the, our appetite to be saying, it's all about me and I want these things, they're more important than these other relationships, then they can get ugly. Self-centeredness can show up in so many places and cause us to struggle, bring us destruction, as Paul said earlier. You think about it in our church. If we come into church on a Sunday morning and we're saying, I'm only going to be happy if they play my song, the song that I love the most. And then if that's the case, if I'm so self-centered in what songs I like and what songs I don't like, then I'm going to be so, my appetite is myself and my way of worshiping. And so anything the band does is not going to lead me into worship of God because I'm worshiping myself instead. You see that, guys, how even at worship, we can be self-centered and be pushing people away and not worshiping God instead of worshiping. You know, at work, if, you know, if they change the time of when we show up for work, I mean, if I'm so self-centered on saying, no, this is the way I've always done it, maybe they have a great reason for what they're doing. If I'm not willing to listen, then I'm going to be pushing people away. I'm going to get angry, divisive, and it's going to get ugly. You know, if I have to work with someone who graduated from a rival school and I'm so focused on my rival school being the best school, and if they are from a different school, man, it's going to, if I, if my school is my appetite, is my God, then I'm going to be pushing that individual away and I'm going to miss out on what could be a great relationship, maybe even leading that person to Christ because of my self-centeredness. You know, look at your life. Here, here's what I want you to do, guys. As you, as you hear all this foundation, here's where we go now. You, you look at your life. And like I said before, there are certain areas of our lives where this shows up more than others. Certain places in our lives where there is more turmoil than peace, more division than unity. You know, how might you be self-centered in those areas, you know, letting your self-will be so strong and powerful in those areas that you push others away instead of drawing people to yourself. Now, maybe ask, <clears throat> here's a challenging thing. Maybe ask others, <laughs> oh, this can be dangerous for the areas of your life where there is division and chaos and turmoil. Ask the hard questions. Do you see me as being selfish? What areas do you see that? You know, ask somebody trusted. Maybe ask someone who loves Jesus and wants the best for you. But be willing to ask others. You know, ask the question, what would it look like in that area of my life if I were more selfless instead of selfish? How would the kingdom be better? How would my life and the life of those around me be better if I allowed the Holy Spirit of God to lead me into those areas more? You know, here's something that you can do, guys. Very practical, simple thing that you can do as you figure out some of those areas of your life. You know, it's the season of Thanksgiving. Giving thanks helps us to see how blessed we are. And it can move us away from saying, what about me? 
Instead, we say, thank you, God, for the blessings, or thank you to other people who are blessing me. But if I'm allowing that self-centeredness in those certain compartments of my life, lead and guide me, then I'm, again, I'm saying, what about me? But if I can look in those areas of my life and realize how blessed I'm already in those areas, it can change and transform me. Be thankful, guys. Maybe come up with a list every day of the reasons to be thankful, especially as you think about those areas of your life. What do you have to be thankful for? And allow that thanksgiving, that worship to guide you and lead you. You Back to Galatians 5, let me just finish with this. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom. Now get this, how this is, this is the cross. This is selfless. He says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. You know, Paul is basically saying, if you really want to understand God's law, if you want to understand what God says, this is the best way for you to live your life. It's always going to be looking at others and saying, how can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I be sacrificial? How can I be selfless instead of selfish? The more I am selfish, the more I'm self-centered, self-willed, the more I allow my appetite to be my God, whatever it is that's blessing me, the more I'm focused on my life here today, I'm going to miss out on more and more of the kingdom life. But the more I love others, the more I, I serve others, the more I care about others, the more I am others focused like Jesus was and is. And I'm thankful for those places in our lives. Guys, your life is going to be better. Paul made this statement in a few different places, in a few different ways. He says, I want to know the cross. I want to know Christ crucified and the power that it has in my life. If I die to self, like Jesus did, I raise to life, like Jesus did. Life gets better if I die. I know it's counterculture. It's the opposite of what seems natural. But the cross, the sacrifice, the selflessness, loving others more than self, Jesus showed us it leads to life. Guys, wow. I know we end with a huge one in this semester. But man, if we can get good, if I should say, if we can allow God to get good at this in our lives, it is life transformational. It is our life transformational and it's transformational for the people that we are around because it's all about Jesus. Guys, it is always good walking with you. I look forward to next semester <clears throat> as we continue on and looking at the measure of a man and finishing out. Uh, guys, it's a journey and not one of us has all this figured out yet. Not one of us are, is perfect, but God is perfect. And so we will continue to chase after God and see how he can lead us to a better place. And what is that better place? It is finding ourselves on a journey to becoming holy men. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.